0: Switch and Board is a brand new podcast studio in downtown DC with the ability to record and live stream up to 5 speakers at a time. Switch and Board can get your podcast off the ground or take it to the next level. Go to switchandboard.com for details or follow them on Instagram at switchandboard. Welcome to Fish Food, a podcast from Little Fish Accounting. I'm your host, Keela Hill Trawick, and today we are going to talk about a highly requested topic. Um, when we sent out some feelers on what you all would be most interested in hearing about, time and time again, we got retirement. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. There are a lot of nuances about different retirement accounts. Um, a lot of vocabulary and this one will be information heavy. So if you haven't already and you're really interested in this topic, this may be the time that you wanna grab a pen and paper and start taking some notes as we talk through it. As usual, we'll start with some vocabulary words. Um, The first one is going to be net earnings from self-employment. This comes up a lot when determining how much you're allowed to contribute. And when we say net earnings from self-employment, we're really talking about the gross income from your trade or business minus your allowable business deductions. So in previous episodes, we referred to this as profit, but that's going to be important because if you look at your gross revenues only, or for example, if you end up with a loss at the end of the period, there are some that you may not be able to Uh, contribute to since the limit is going to be higher than zero. Early distribution, um, this just means withdrawals that are made from the retirement account of any type before the IRS mandated retirement age of 59 and a half. Um, Generally, depending on the type of retirement account that you have, any early distributions can not only be taxed but also penalized for taking them out um, before you hit that age. The next term is catch up. Um, This is (laughs) not the condiment, but actually catch up contributions. This is an allowance that the IRS makes for participants who are older than 50 to give a bit more than the established threshold. Um, So sometimes you'll hear us talk about, you're allowed to contribute up to this much with an additional X thousands of dollars as a catch up contribution. That just means if you're over 50, you get to give a little bit more than everybody else tax deductible. We've talked about before. All that means is that your expense or your contribution in this case is allowed to be claimed on the tax return and will offset your taxable income, thereby lowering your tax burden. Um, We talk about deductions in an earlier podcast episode. Definitely go back and take a listen on that. And this would just be another item that could be listed to reduce your taxable income so that you don't owe as much in tax. The last term is due date or deadline. Um, We all know what that means in general, but when we talk about, in this case, the due date or deadline for being able to make contributions, it's really dependent on the type of return that's filed. So for individuals, which is anyone who doesn't have a business or if you're a sole proprietor, or you have an LLC that's just one person, um, the deadline is gonna be the world famous April 15th. Um, Partnerships, corporations, and S-Corps have different deadlines. So when we say due date or deadline, we're talking about whatever date applies to your type of tax return. So let's get started we're going to talk about four different types of retirement accounts today Um, and just for ease we're going to talk about them in order of how large your business is so we're going to start with what's best for smaller businesses or people who are just starting out and then we'll work our way up to larger businesses Um, the first one is a traditional or Roth IRA this is great for people who are just starting out or saving maybe less than $6,000 a year. Um, this is also an option if you are an employee who is leaving their job and needs to roll over their employer for a 1K, you can use a traditional Roth IRA to move that money, um, which avoids the penalties because that's considered a rollover. Contribution limit. So a traditional or Roth IRA, you are allowed to contribute up to $6,000. That's the limit for 2019. And then there's an additional $1,000 catch-up contribution for those who are 50 or older. These accounts have to be opened and contributed to by the tax deadline. So again, if you are a freelancer or sole proprietor and it's just you, that deadline is gonna be April 15th, but you have up to that day plus any extensions. So if you have an extension to October 15th, you get to take advantage of that as well. Um, But you have to contribute by that point. Um, If you make any contributions after that date, they're gonna be counted on the next year's return. One of the benefits of a traditional Roth IRA is that anyone can open one. So it doesn't matter if you have employees or not. Um, Even if you're not self-employed, IRAs are a super easy way to save for retirement. In terms of taxability or penalties, traditional IRAs, the contributions that you make are tax deductible. For Roth IRAs, you don't get a tax deduction, um, but because you had already taken taxes out before you put the money in, when you ret- withdraw them in retirement, they are tax free. At any rate, before the 59 and a half age, Traditional IRAs are subject to tax and 10% penalty. So if you take the money out before you hit that age, they're going to tax you immediately, um, usually about 25%, and then in addition to that, you'll have a 10% penalty for early withdrawal. With some exceptions, Roth withdrawals can be made tax and penalty free. But if you've earned anything while the money was in the Roth account, you may have to pay taxes on that. So That's traditional Roth IRAs. Remember that anyone can open them. They're kind of the baseline for retirement. Um, This account and really all of these accounts can be open with any bank or financial institution. You just kind of let them know what you're interested in. Um, But just keep in mind that your contribution limits are pretty low. You can only give up to $6,000. So if you want to contribute more, you may want to take advantage of one of the other retirement account types. The next account type that we'll talk about is a solo 401k. It goes by many names, but it's essentially for any business owner or self-employed person that has no employees. That's really the key to the solo 401k. You cannot have employees. If you do, it automatically moves to a, quote, regular 401k plan, which is much like you would see in a W-2 job. The contribution limits for the solo 401k are $19,000 in salary deferrals. So if you're paying yourself, you can move $19,000 towards the 401k and take advantage of being able to contribute to that retirement account. And then there's another $6,000 in catch-up allowable for people who are 50 or older. The other limit that applies to solo 401ks is that you can contribute up to 25% of the net earnings from self-employment income. So in addition to the 19000 that you can defer from your salary, you can also give another up to 25% of your self-employment income um, to the solo 401k. One thing is that there's a limit on the total. So the total between your salary deferrals and your self-employment income contribution cannot exceed $55,000 in 2019. Um, So the way you want to think of that is if you're paying yourself as a W-2 employee, um, the salary that you're paying yourself, you can defer up to $19,000 of that to your 401k. And then in addition to that, you take your self-employment income or your net earnings from self-employment income at the end of the year, and you can contribute up to 25% of that. As far as deadlines, you have to open this account by December 31st of the tax year, but you're allowed to make contributions up to the date of the tax return. So the benefits of the 401k um, are that one, you can potentially take loans out on a 401k, which you're usually not able to do when it comes to IRAs. Um, also, if you have a spouse, he or she can also contribute to the plan. But again, remember that once you have employees, the 401k plan acts like your standard plan at work and you have to include them in the plan. Another note to keep in mind is that when you have a job or if your spouse has a job and they participate in the 401k, that limit that I talked about earlier, the 55000 that includes every 401k that you and or your spouse participate in. So you want to make sure that you're taking an all-inclusive look at your 401k plans and not just the one that you're contributing to for your business. Contributions are pre-tax for the 401K, so there's no tax deduction. Um, And then, again, remember that since you didn't pay tax on them going in, they are taxable going out. That's something that you want to keep in mind with all your retirement plans. You're going to get taxed one way or another. So either you're going to pay the tax on the money before you put it in there, or you're going to pay the tax on the money when you're taking it out. And one of the ways that you wanna think of that is, when do I expect my income to be higher? Um, If your goal is to lower your tax rate and you think that you will be making more money now than you will later, you may wanna defer to not be taxed on that money until you take it out when you're in a lower tax bracket. On the flip side, if you think that by the time you're in retirement, you're going to have more income that you're taxed on and thereby at a higher tax rate, you may wanna go ahead and get taxed on it now and then when you take it out, it's tax free. The next retirement account that we're gonna talk about is the SEP IRA, the Self-Employed Plan. Um, this is one that comes up pretty often when we talk about retirement for self-employed individuals. And it's really um, ideal for people who are self-employed or small business owners who have no employees or a few employees. So if you are starting with a solo 401k and you're ready to hire people, it may be, of, it may be to your benefit to move to a SEP IRA. For contribution limits, you can contribute as much as 25% of net earnings from self-employment up to $56,000. That's the limit for 2019. And there's a $280,000 limit on compensation, which is the number that you're going to start with to determine the 25%. Um, That limit changes year to year, as do the others. So if you're listening to this later, you want to make sure that you look up to ensure that you're falling within the right threshold. For SEP IRAs, you can open them and make contributions up to the due date of the tax return. Um, But a couple of really key details with the SEP IRA. One is that SEPs are funded by employer contributions only. Um, That means that employees don't contribute to their own personal SEP IRA accounts. You are doing it on their behalf. And when we talk about employees, in this case, you are considered an employee as well. The reason that that's important is because employers have to contribute an equal percentage of salary for each eligible employee. Um, That's not the same amount, so that could vary from employee to employee in terms of total, but you have to give the same percentage. That means if you contribute 5% of your compensation for yourself, you have to contribute that same 5% for every employee in your organization. Um, You can't just use the SEP to save for you. Uh, this only this is only an issue if you end up having employees, but it's something to keep in mind because that can get pretty expensive if you have a lot of employees on your team and you need to make contributions that are equal to your own contribution throughout the year. One thing that's really good about the SEP IRA, um, and this is also an option for the solo 401k, is that you have the flexibility to determine how much you wanna save each year. So you don't have to save exactly the same amount every year, which is good, especially since we know that self-employment can be relatively inconsistent when it comes to income, and so you have the opportunity to save higher percentages or amounts in years where the business is doing really well and lower percentages or amounts when the business is moving a bit slow. You can also decide not to contribute at all during that year. Um, So that's something to think about as well. If you are in a business that feels either unstable or maybe you're just new and don't know the consistency with which your business will generate income, a SEP IRA could be a really good option because you can opt out in years that don't make financial sense for you to contribute. SEP IRAs are taxed at withdrawal in retirement, so like the others, if you take the money out before you're 59 and a half, it's subject not only to tax, but also 10% penalty. Um, You actually get a deduction for the SEP IRA, though. You can deduct the lesser of your contributions or 25% of net self-employment earnings um, or compensation on your tax return. One thing to keep in mind, um, and this is important for all of your retirement accounts, you really want to make sure that you're following the rules. Again, most banks or financial institutions will set these up for you. They will have all the paperwork done and taken care of, and all you have to do is sign off. But you really want to make sure that you are following the rules. Any tax benefits that you get can be lost if, for example, this set fails to satisfy the IRS code requirements. And the last retirement account that we're going to talk about today is going to be a simple IRA. So these don't come up nearly as often as the others. One of the main reasons is because they're generally best for larger businesses. And so when we have the conversations about self-employed individuals, I think the assumption is that their teams are small. And so this might not be the best bet for them. The contribution limits for a simple IRA are that you can contribute all net earnings from self-employment up to $13,000 plus an additional catch-up amount of $3,000. However, the deadlines are a bit different for this because you have to contribute by December 31st of the tax year. So unlike some of the others that we talked about where you have time to kind of do your return and maybe decide how much you want to contribute based on how much um, your tax burden ends up being This one you have to do before December 31st of the tax year. Any contributions that you make after that point are going to count for the next tax year. One of the benefits of the simple IRA, which is different from the SEP IRA that we just talked about, is the contribution burden isn't just on the employer. So remember with the SEP IRA, all the money that goes into it is coming from the employer, For a simple IRA, employees can contribute through a salary deferral. So they would set it up with you and your payroll system and your HR to have money automatically deducted out of their paycheck um, every pay period, and that would automatically go into their um, simple IRA account. One thing to note here, though, is that employers are generally required to make either matching contributions or fixed contributions to every eligible employee. So again, this can get expensive because if you have to make a matching contribution of up to 3% of what they are contributing or a fixed contribution of 2%, whether they contribute or not, the more employees you have, the more money you'll have to spend. Also, if they don't contribute, you could be required to still contribute on their behalf. Um, So that could get expensive too. They're able to take advantage of the earnings and the contributions that you're making without having to contribute themselves. For simple IRAs, contributions are deductible, but withdrawals are taxable in the year received. There's kind of a little sticking point with simple IRAs. So remember we talked about if you take the money out before you're 59 and a half, you can be subject to not only the taxes but a 10% penalty penalty. The simple IRA has an extra level of um, incentive for you not to take the money out in advance because the penalty increases from 10% to 25% if you take the money out within the first two years of opening the account. So you'll be penalized regardless for taking it out before you're 59 and a half, but if you take it out in the first two years of opening the account, you are charged a significantly higher penalty. Contributions that are made to employee accounts are deductible as a business expense, so that's something to keep in mind. Even though we talked about earlier, cash flow-wise, it could get a little expensive. Um, it may be beneficial because it lowers your tax burden by providing another deduction on your return. So those are the four types of retirement accounts that we talked about today. The first is going to be a traditional or Roth IRA. Remember that anyone can contribute to this. um, And it's really good if you're not able or willing to save that much towards retirement or if you've just started your business. A solo 401k is kind of the next level up from that. Um, Any business owner or self-employed person that has no employees can take advantage of this solo 401k and you can contribute a bit more than you can with a traditional or Roth IRA. The SEP IRA is probably the most famous, it's the one that you hear about the most often, and it's really geared towards self-employed people or small business owners who have no employees, or in this case, you could have a few employees and it would still benefit you. The last one that we talked about is the simple IRA. This is really for larger businesses, generally up to 100 employees. Um, And this one is going to be something that you have to keep in mind because you have to make contributions um, towards the employees, whether they contribute or not. So that may make a difference in whether or not you decide to go that way. We're gonna provide a freebie that accompanies this podcast, a chart that you can be able to use to look at the different types of retirement accounts, who they're best for, the contribution limits, um, and the other details that we've talked about in this episode, just so that you have kind of a cheat sheet when you're looking at opening an account You definitely want to talk to a financial institution, even a financial planner, to kind of best talk you through what makes sense for your situation, but this will help you get an idea of the tax consequences of each of them and the limits that apply. Thank you for giving us this topic to talk about. We are always excited and looking for new ideas about what we can discuss on the Fish Food Podcast. If you have any suggestions of topics that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please shoot us an email at hello at littlefishaccounting.com or you can grab our DMs on Instagram at littlefishaccounting. Thank you for listening. You can find this and all of the other episodes for fish food on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or anywhere that you listen to your other podcasts. If you want to reach us, you can come to Instagram, at Littlefish Accounting, or send us an email at hello at littlefishaccounting.com. And if you want to hear more about our services, head to www.littlefishaccounting.com. A public service announcement from Littlefish Accounting. I am a certified public accountant, but not necessarily your accountant. For details on your specific situation, please contact us to become a client or an accountant in your area to give you specific advice on your needs. Switch and board